Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It's Jeremy White and Sneaky Joe DiBiase. You've got to get a nickname, and if your name is a nickname, then they got to extend it. What are the Sabres' nicknames? Saves. Nobody on oh, I, I earth can't, I can't, says saves. I can't deal with another person trying to tell me that people don't say saves. Nobody says, who says saves? Do you say saves? Yes, people say saves. I've never heard you say saves. The saves? Yes. Jeremy White. People who, are saying saves. How many? Like five people? Five million people I say saves. I hear more people call them the swords than call them the that saves. That is the biggest lie that's ever been told <laughs> on these airwaves. Sneaky Joe DiBiase. Matt in Buffalo. What's up, Matt? Tell them what's up, Matt. Me and my friends all the time will say, what are you doing for the saves game? Nobody calls it the swords whatsoever. Absolutely. <laughs> no one calls it the saves. Matt, I'm not saying you're the best caller in show history, but you're top five. On WGR. The saves game. Saves. You need to be hanging out with more people. Sports Radio 550. Sabes won. Rasmus Dahlin says Sabes. Or at least he says. He said Junior Sabes. He did say Junior Sabes, which I think is junior like saves. 99% of the way to him. He's going to say Sabes. But he hasn't officially said it about the team yet. How, how, how often would you refer to your own team, though? You know? Like, if, you're the, if yeah. you're the Toronto Maple Leafs, if you're Austin Matthews, how often does he say the words Leafs? Going to. I got a, we got a game tonight. Oh, right. You know, yeah. like, if you're on the it's team. We. It's just we. Yeah. I play for the Avalanche. How often am I saying the Avs? It's like talking in third person. A little bit. It's kind of weird. Like well, it's a they, group third person. They they would also, maybe in like a formal context, be like, like you know, end of a career. Like, I was proud to be uh, a Sabre. Yeah. Imagine, you know, in a retirement ceremony, someone steps up there. Darlene in 15 years at his jersey <laughs> retirement goes, I was proud to be a Sabre. Love it. He the, will not say that. Put it on the bet board. <laughs> I'll give you a. Th- I'll give you a hundred. I was about to say thousand to one, but be careful because honor of never, my life. Never offer a thousand to one to be drafted by the Buffalo Sabes. The Sabes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The honor of my life. Is it possible that a player goes an entire career? They say the word. They say like, I mean, it's truly an honor to be drafted by the uh, St. Louis Blues. And then when they retire, yeah, truly an honor to play for the St. Louis Blues. And never say Blues or in the in between. Yeah, never. Yeah, I don't know what context they would say it, right? I guess unless, like... Everyone would know who you play for. Your coach says a lot. Like, Granado says like, it's important to these guys to be a Buffalo Sabre and play. Yeah, like, yeah. coaches want to do that, but I'm sure players do. Um, it's kind of funny. Maybe captains are the ones who say be, that more than the right. others. It'd be like us saying, like, oh, where are you going? Into the station, not into WGR Sports Radio 550's radio. <laughs> you know, everybody kind of knows what <laughs> right. hockey team you play for. Right, yeah. Anyway, 
Good morning, Jeremy and Joe. It's a Thursday. It's uh, been a beautiful couple days. I mean, the weather's been awesome. Yeah. Nice and warm. It's going to dip back down for uh, the next couple days. High f- Right now, it's 46, and the high today is, uh, well, about this. It's going to be overcast, rainy, and uh, through the weekend, we get colder. So the ground might freeze again, maybe. We are. In- it is mud season. So yeah, enjoy much. Yesterday season. was beautiful. It though. was awesome. Like yeah. longest dog walk that I've ever taken in February in my in my life. Yeah, very because nice. It was that nice out. I I didn't have anything necessarily planned yet. I want to ask you a question. Do you, do you want to start out with a spit your coffee out kind of? Sure. A, a, an article and click. Why not? Why not? Everybody ready for a spit your your coffee? Yeah, right, six, right away. Six oh six. Someone's someone's gonna have me spitting my coffee out. Spit, you're gonna spit your coffee. Josh out. is taking a swig yeah. right now. I, just I just to, in I, preparation. I want you to sip it right now. Yeah, okay. I'm just gonna continuously drink coffee yeah. while you sip. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> so I log on to ProFootballTalk.com. You know, oh, I, of course, I love to do this. You know, see what's going on in the NFL. Mike Florio, for better or for worse, sometimes is uh, a rumor monger, a take artist, among other things. But, you know, there's there's football news there, and I, I appreciate the site for what it is. So I click, I, you know, type it in. Let's go. Front page. I got a picture of Stefan Diggs. Oh. Okay. You're not – that's not – they're not spitting your coffee out yet. No. No, because I'm used to that. Right. So I see a picture of Diggs, and I scroll down, and I the headline is, Bills are betting favorites to keep Stefan Diggs. Okay. Oh, okay. No one's spitting coffee out yet? Nope. Not, no. No nope. one's spitting coffee. I'm like, all right, yeah, sure, of course they are. Let me let me click on this and see what's going on. Draft book DraftKings Sportsbook has the Bills at minus three hundred retained digs. I'm reading the article. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh if not, the Bills, both at plus one thousand are the Chiefs and Texans. <laughs> That's hilarious. What? That's hilarious. Now, I've seen others that are like the, the Cowboys, I think, are actually the the, the, the real favorite. Uh-huh. Not that he's gonna move, but Man, that was like smelling salts to me at 5.40 this morning. I'm, so, I'm sorry, the Chiefs and the Texans. Yeah. One of those should be very different than the others, right? I don't know. Maybe not for competitive reasons, but for uh, psychological reasons. Sure. On top of competitive reasons. I mean, I've had a couple of tweets in the last week. Imagine if the Chiefs get Gabe Davis. Uh-huh. And, you know, a fear of maybe they would find a way to get more out of him than the Bills have, or he's good and now he's going to torture the Bills as a member of the Chiefs. And I, I'm i not sure if anyone's ever thought of the possibility of Diggs going to the Chiefs. The, the, the Bills would never do it, right? No. Never do it. The Chiefs would not even pick up the phone, right? Like, they wouldn't call the Bills. Right, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be laughed at here. Right, they're, they're going, hey guys, Diggs is probably, a, should we even bother calling Brandon? Like, what, what's going to happen? He's going to laugh at us and hang up, right? Yes. Yes. And you think it's April April Fool's Day? Call him on April 1st, maybe. If they traded him to the Chiefs, they should just go ahead and stop building the new stadium. Just just shut this whole operation down. The Texans is another fun one in here. The Texans. If the Texans had Nico Collins, Stefan Diggs, and Tank Dell. Yeah. I mean, again. Would you put them above the Bills? As a franchise? Just like for, no, like for the win the Super Bowl next year. I might have to. Because the Bills, who need weapons, would be giving a team with weapons more weapons. Like, here, you like, take this. There's no scenario they'd have better weapons like, than the Texans here, under those circumstances. We're in, a, we're in a fight. Why don't you take all of the weapons? Uh-huh. Like, seems nuts. Well, let me ask this question, though. Uh, uh, we've, you said re- multiple times, like, you would take a first-round pick? if No one's going to offer that, right? Yeah, yeah. No one is going to offer that. 
But let's say someone's willing to offer a first round pick that you can use on Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Brandon Ayuk. <laughs> I was going to say Brian Thomas. Uh, no, a first rounder and just drafting the replacement is not. It's it's scary. Very scary. Mm-hmm. If I if the Bills somehow did get a first round pick for him, which they won't, I would immediately offer it for Ayuk. Like Ayuk is the only mm-hmm. real possible answer that I think you could make the move, and it's lateral slash an improvement. It's probably an improvement because he's younger. He's 25. So I would do it for Ayuk, and that's about it. All right, me, Every other idea sounds like a bad idea and a way to get worse. All right, let me massage this into existence then. Okay. Here, it's a three-team trade between the two teams that were in the Super Bowl and the Bills, <laughs> and the Bills are going to get Brandon Ayuk, the Niners are going to get the Chiefs' first-round pick, and the Chiefs are going to get Stephon Diggs. I feel like I didn't win that trade. I feel like in the in the right the context you got to look at Diggs in the Chiefs uniform now. I, yeah, right. That's not happening. Come on. Why, the, the, and the Chiefs' first round pick is thirty second overall. That's probably not enough to get Ayuk. Probably not. You got to th- still find. And to be fair, Ayuk's probably more valuable than Diggs. So you got to throw like your second on top of it yeah. or your third on top of it. I mean, to the, make it work. Uh, the Ayuk idea there. would the Niners trade him to the Chiefs? Because that isn't that's obviously a much better idea. And the Chiefs in that three way trade, if you're the Chiefs, people are asking, why didn't you just take the young receiver instead of the older guy? Yeah. I don't know. Are they getting to a point where they've played the Chiefs twice that they feel like we can we can win our conference? The team in our way is Kansas City. The same way that the Bills would have that thought. The same way the Bills would shape an off season at any point in time that they would lose to Kansas City around beating the Chiefs. Couldn't the Niners say the same thing? I mean, could it's not the same because there was more of an expectation in the other sport, but. There was a point where the Cavaliers and Warriors just started designing their teams to beat each other because they just knew they were going to play each other, and they were in different conferences. I don't know if you're the Niners, you could you could say that like, hey, we we can we're going to win the NFC, we can win the NFC again. We just don't know that we could beat the Kansas City Chiefs, and we need to design everything to do that. So, I think that's the mindset the Niners could be in, just the same way an AFC team would be. One thing about this offseason and free agency that'll be interesting. I, I referenced yesterday. Listen to. Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs of the NFL Lockdown NFL Scouting Podcast. We talk to Joe all the time, and we've got Kyle Krabs coming on tomorrow. And they were talking about perfect fits, like where this player would go that's a perfect fit. Matt Bowen has a piece up about this. And, okay, we can all agree you're not one player away. Nobody's one player away. But what's about to happen in free agency, when we get to free agency, is that these other teams, a lot of teams, contenders and contenders with space, will add and the Bills won't, right? Like, look at right. the Bills and Chiefs. You think they're pretty even right now. Bills lose these close games. You know the free agents the Bills are losing. Mm-hmm. And for the Chiefs, they got to re-sign Jerry Sneed and, and Chris Jones. And then they just add, oh, I don't know, Mike Evans, mm-hmm. right? Or they, they add Michael Pittman Jr. This free agency period, the Lions add so-and-so, and on and on. Look yep. at your top fifty free agents. The Texans have sixty one million in cap space. Oh uh, yeah, sixty one. They have they have. Could this be right? Like sixty one. They have they have one hundred and five million dollars more in cap space. And than if the you're Bills the Texans, <laughs> shouldn't you one hundred percent operate under the rookie contract for CJ Stroud? Four more years of that. Like let's go ahead and win the Super Bowl. Yeah, like Stroud yeah. looks every bit the part of a legitimate star. You already have studs at receiver. You have a good team. 
And if you're the Texans, it's just about like let's round it out and win it. Would yeah. you would you think it's nuts? I guess not. How crazy is the idea of the Texans being better than the Bills next year? I don't think it's that crazy. I don't think it should be considered crazy. Though. I don't think it's that crazy. I mean, I don't think I would pick it right now, but the the thing the Bills have over most teams, most teams is well, their quarterback is better and more talented. And Houston's right there. Right? If, like it was he, that good of a rookie year where you have to give Stroud that much credit. If he takes any sort of leap forward, any sort, oh, man. then he's a top five quarterback in the NFL. He was, or I mean, I mean no, I, I think so. It's right? probably it's probably right. It's, he it's, already was knocking on the door of that, wasn't he? Mahomes, Allen, Burrow. I mean, I would probably take Stroud over everyone else. I mean, he's already had a year statistically that very. I mean. 4,100 yards, 23 touchdowns, five picks, and he missed two games. That's, That's there's not much room to grow from that. Yeah. I mean, there's a there's maybe another step forward to Mahomes, Burrow, Allen tier, but that's it. Like he's already right behind that, I yeah. think. So I don't think it's that crazy. He just has to take some improvement. They've maybe got to make the line a little bit better and improve their defense. And they're right on they're they're to me roster wise right on par with with these other teams right at the top. Yeah. It's the whole thing is which is why you should not give them digs. No, that's right. That's right. You should probably just keep that guy. The the whole thing is free agency here. I, I you know, I mentioned in the, these other teams are going to get players signed, but also Joe, I looked at Matt Bowen had a piece, top 50 free agents and their perfect fits. I just started to mention it. Yeah. I opened that piece yesterday and did Control F Bills, and they are not listed. They're just not even mentioned. They're not even in the game. Mm-hmm. They're not in the free agency game. They've got their restructures to do. Hopefully that happens kind of soon. And then I-, I was looking yesterday to see the teams that were over the cap last year. What did they spend? And the Chargers last year, I think, were $20 million over the cap, okay. and they massaged it all. And what did they add? The biggest contract they added was $7 million. Mm-hmm. So can the is that the neighborhood? Which is what? That's roughly what the bill. What was Leonard Floyd like? Nine. He was nine. Nine, yeah. which was the the biggest contract they gave out for like on a year to year basis. That was the biggest one last year. Yeah, Poyer was under that extension. I thought are, Poyer might have been higher total, but that's why I said year to like the yeah, annual yeah. because a- average annual value. Yeah, because Floyd was only one year. Yeah, so, it, so, yeah, it's almost like a magic number. We should ask some of our guys that know the cap. Like, what's the What's the biggest number they can reasonably give out? Like, mm-hmm. if you put it this way. You're in an auction draft. You're coming down the final stretch here. You've got $13 left and five spots to fill. You know the most you can spend is $7. Mm-hmm. Like, what is the number for the bills that's the most they can spend? Anytime we bring up an idea of, hey, you like this receiver as an idea, or you like this defensive lineman, you like this safety. Okay, uh, there's a safety out of Baltimore, Geno Stone, who just had a big, big three years on his rookie deal, seven picks. Or, yeah, seven picks is a seventh-round pick. A like, good player and a free agent. And I looked up his market value. He said $7 million. Mm-hmm. Could the Bills pay $7 million? Is that the highest number they can pay, given their cap situation? Or I would imagine it's also somewhat you could massage it because you could – if they restructure everybody, they'll have more room and they'd have a bigger price tag in 2025. If they restructure nobody, then they'll have more room in 2025 and maybe get healthier – but be stra- you know really strapped here, cuts you know it, it's there's so many decisions to make and we're kind of we're kind of flying blind we are they're not on what they might be willing to do and what that number is, but free agency I I would imagine free agency gets frustrating, the Texans load up the Chiefs load up the 
what? I don't think we worry about the division too much. The Bengals. It's not going to be Miami. Miami's down in the dumps with the Bills. That's right. For that's cap. right. Um, but some of these teams are going to. Here you go. You, it's you it's got, like you're playing a, a a card game and someone has eight turns in a row and the Bills have to just kind of sit here and wait. All right. In terms of there are 20 teams that are over the or that have cap space. They're under the cap going into free agency. And without giving you the exact. Here, just go by team by team. The Colts are fifth. They have 66 million in cap space. The Bengals are six. They have sixty-one million in cap space. Now they have two receivers that are coming up. They'll have to give a lot of that to Higgins, I'm sure. The Texans have sixty-one million in space. The you mentioned the Lions are in there. That's another the other conference. The you're scrolling down. The Jaguars have seventeen million in space. The Chiefs have seventeen million in space. The Jets have seven million in space. Okay. And the Bills have B- negative negative fifty-one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Negative, Negative 51. 51. Yeah. But your big hitters are Indy, Cincy, and Houston. Those are your big, like, they can do lots of stuff. Yeah. Lots. And, and for the Bengals, I think that's even after they would pay T. Higgins. They can franchise tag T. Higgins, and that's going to be, what, $21 million? Mm-hmm. That's they got 40 left. Yeah, it's a lot. So, like, the Bengals are another team here. Kansas City's got $70 million more in space than the Bills do, but... The Bengals are going to be right back at it if Burrow's healthy, and they've got a ton of stuff to do. Like those are, would you? Is it right to say the top four contenders for, to win the AFC going into next year are the Bills, the Bengals, and the Chiefs, and then Houston? I yeah, I'd probably put them right in, right there. And three of those four teams are going to do some stuff in free agency, and the other ones the Bills. Yeah, it's going to be a stressful month just based on yeah. that. It's going to feel like you're getting passed maybe by. Well, at least one team. Yeah, and that's, well, that's why there's so much focus on this draft, right? That's why the wide receiver train and the need for defensive line and safety. I mean, like, people are going to be honed in on this draft because for free agency, you, you're not going to totally sit it out. We know that. They're going to find their guys. They're going to get some bargain deals. They're going to try. But for any sort of big hit, like, yeah, there's going to be maybe a day where, holy cow, Houston added fill in the blank. We should uh we, we often forget this contract and I forgot this contract too. The Bills did make one signing last year in free agency that was bigger than Leonard Floyd. Remember it? I don't. They signed someone to a three year twenty two million dollar contract. Twenty two million total. Connor McGovern. Connor McGovern. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So that's that was the biggest contract they could give out. That's three right. years, twenty two million. That's right. You could you could do deals like that where the first year is kept low and the other other years go high. That is basically what happened there. Right. His cap hit last year was only four million dollars. Okay. But he signed a contract that was what, like seven and a half million per year? Yeah. Total. And that, that was you know, that's pretty big money for their offensive line. We knew right away that's a starter starter salary. Like you signed that guy to to play. Yeah. So, so they filled in a hole. They they got a starter out of that. It's going to be interesting. 803-0550. Yeah, so Bills, betting favorites to keep digs. Profootballtalk.com. There you go. If you missed the start of the segment, <laughs> that's what launches us there. Holy cow. Chiefs and Texans. Whew. Chiefs are definitely talking receiver. That, that's the other yeah, thing. they're going to do it. Is the first round, uh, a lot of mock drafts are look at what the Bills did and then look at what the Chiefs did. The Chiefs get Troy Franklin. Who's going to haunt our nightmares for the next 10 years? Just right? don't let... The- don't let draft night come, and we're watching, we're watching, and there's receivers left on the board, and maybe you've got a guy that you want, and you know where the Bills pick at 28, and then you get that little alert a lot of, on the, the bottom ticker that says trade, <laughs> and my heart's going to stop hoping that that's not 
oh, don't let Kansas City jump the Bills here to grab a wide receiver because that's going to make me lose a lot of sleep yeah. if that happens. Because they did that in the second round. Actually, have they done that twice to the Bills? They did that in the second round to get Sky Moore, mm-hmm. where they jumped the Bills to grab a second year which, wide receiver. Which, looking back, doesn't look that troubling. Nope. But, but at no, the time, he's, like, he's he was, not great. He's an idea. But they went for it. And did they not do the same thing to get Trent McDuffie in front of the Bills? Yeah. Not the year to let that happen, in my opinion. To let the Chiefs jump in front of you to grab a guy at the position that you're also going to draft at. Well, eight oh three oh five fifty. Good morning. If you want to join us, Sabers picked up a win. They beat Montreal last night. You know, game's getting chippy too. Yeah, it was. Got got nasty. Got real chippy. That guy with the with the Wi Fi last name was just hitting everybody that moved for uh, for Montreal. Yeah, the Wi Fi guy. They actually Arbor call Jekka. They call Jer- Jekka, yeah, They call you. him Wi Fi. Yeah, because his name looks like a Wi Fi password. Yes. And then yeah. Matheson, of course, was uh, getting a lot of attention. Yeah. After his hit on Benson. Yep. They they win the game where they got outshot, of course. Not yep. the one where they got 47. <laughs> right. Yeah. The overall attempts were wildly tilted towards Montreal at 5-on-5, five five, and they win a game. It is odd. The Sabres, they will spam the net and lose, and then if they get outshot lately mm-hmm. or outplayed, this is Minnesota, that they maybe didn't deserve a win, but they got one. You know, you kind of just battle through it. One thing I'm uh, I got to look this up. I got to find this out. I was thinking about today. You know, sometimes the things to look up and think about come later. Last night you got Tuck Thompson and Skinner. And we've started mm-hmm. they're back again, right? That that group is back. They're they're playing together. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They're playing together and overall like shot generation, they were about even. They've had a they've had a battle this year, those three to find their chemistry and they also haven't played together. Skinner's been hurt, Tuck's been hurt, Thompson's been hurt. Minutes, you could probably look this up. I also could too, but you might be better at it. Minutes together for that line this year versus last year. Mm -hmm. How many minutes did they play together last year, Tuck Thompson and Skinner? Because last year, that line was one of the most fun lines in in the sport. Yeah. It was con. We talk about all these, these, these Tage highlight reel goals. And I know them well because I watched the Buffalo Sabres goal highlight reel a hundred times in the summer. And it was so much Skinner Thompson talk. Minutes last year versus minutes this year because and that's injury and that's also breaking up that line. The like Granado is right. not has not gone to that line with regularity. The last couple games they're getting back to it. Maybe he's kept it apart because of the injuries and trying different things. Yeah, but they even when they've played together, it just hasn't looked hasn't looked the same. It as hasn't last looked year. smooth. It hasn't looked efficient. Yeah, last year. Last year, that line played 579 minutes together. This is going to be five-on-five five only, Yeah, which is, I think, actually right to do. Uh, 579 minutes, those three played together. This year, they're at 176. That's unbelievable. Yeah. And there are games left. How many games are left? 30? 25. 25. So they might get to what? 300. Oh, if that. They might, they might not. Right. If they played every if they played together the rest of the season, they might get to three hundred. And last year they were almost at what did I just say? Five seventy nine. Five seven five seventy nine. Five seventy Yep. How about expected goals? Or how many points did the Call from Mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Three of them put up last year versus the three of them putting up this year. They scored, holy cow, can this be right? I'm double-checking real quick. It <laughs> seems so absurd that it would be this different. As you look this up, right. Stat of the Day is brought to you by, let me get that right in, because it sounds like you're already setting us up All for right. what will be the Stat of the Day. I think it's going to be the Stat of the Day. Yeah? Stat All of the right. Day brought to you by Seneca Gaming in Irving, home of the biggest bingo payouts and slot machines with thousands won daily. Last year at 5-on-5, five five, Thompson, Tuck, and Skinner as a line. when they were out, All three of them were on the ice together. All three were on the ice. They scored 42 goals okay. at 5-on-5. Five this season, Thompson, Tuck, and Skinner, when all on the ice at the same time, have scored seven goals. Holy. All right. Wow. Your top line. So goals. Now, I'm just like triple checking my work. Yeah, I think that's, one, that's from, from, all from natural statric. So, yep. okay, then goals per 60. Because 47 over 579 minutes versus six, you said? Seven. Seven. Over a hundred and man, it's it's about half the rate. It's it's probably half as much in terms of how often they've scored, yeah. and one third as much how often they've played together. So if you want to make the case that Granada has not been wrong to break them up, last year they had magic, and this year not so much. I mean, Tuck scores the game winner shorthanded last night, and Skinner scores as well. Like you, you got to see it, you got to see a little bit of what those guys can do. And Thompson has been scoring lately. Those three guys have have. Been chipping in. I mean, for Skinner, it's his first goal in ten games. Yeah. Anyway, all right. I'm 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 excited <laughs> for you to type that out, tweet that I'm out, and I will right hit, now. The, hit the retweet button fast. Yeah. All right. Stat of the day. Out of the way early. Jeremy and Joe. Good morning. We'll talk a little Steelers today. We got a Steelers guest coming on at 8:30 to ask them if they're seriously going to stick with Kenny Pickett, and Mason Rudolph, or if maybe you know a candidate for a quarterback trade could be in the future for them. So that's coming up. Uh, of course, we'll recap the Sabres game. Get your highlights along the way. And, uh, you know, wide receiver idea of the day, instant trivia, all the good stuff. 803-0550 to join us. Jeremy and Joe on WGR. Across the line. Cousins, far circle, shot, rebound. Skinner scores! Jeff Skinner feasting in Montreal again, and he's tied the game at two. I thought UPL was great. PK was great. It's just one of those games where you had to kind of grind it out in the third. They had some chances. UPL played real well when we needed them, and guys made blocks when we needed them, and cleared the pucks when we needed them. Nice way to get a win. Jeff Skinner there after one of the moments of the game, the first moments of the game. The moments in life go forth to Firth. Luke in another win. Skinner scores. He has scored a lot against Montreal in his Sabres career. 16 goals in 17 games. And the Sabres win 3-2. Yep. to two. Joe said he saw Montreal fans happy about it, as they probably yeah. should be. They're, they are all in, I guess, on the Macklin-Celebrini uh, train. Obviously. Yeah. 
I mean, it helps to be more willing to be into a tank, I think, when you don't have a 13-year playoff drought. And also when you have 24 Stanley Cups. That's right. I mean, Montreal's playoff drought, how long does it go, though? If you don't count making it as the 24th team Uh, out of 24 teams. Listen, I know they made it as the 24th team, but I'm not going to feel right about counting a year in which they played in the finals as a year of a drought. That's right. Um but that year, right, they were 24th. They made it by one point over the Sabres. Yes. Uh, they have missed the playoffs. Two, year, two years in a row. That's it. It's not even close to a drought. Two. They made it in 2019-20. That's the COVID year? Okay. It would have been six of seven. Yeah. If COVID doesn't happen, it, we, this would have been six of seven for them missing. So it's not been a good stretch by any means. They haven't won a round since... Yeah, Since so 2015. It's been eight it, years. We forgot about this. So in the year of COVID, when they did the play-in tournament qualifying rounds, yep. they lost in the second round of that. When Montreal made it was when they had the Canada division. It was just Canada. Remember that? The Sabres were in the same oh, division. We forgot this year. Right. This is the year the Sabres were in the same division as the Rangers and the Islanders, and they played the Islanders a million times. That right. year, okay, okay. Montreal won. They beat the Leafs in the first round of the playoffs in seven games, and they went on to the cup final and lost to the Lightning. So it wasn't the bubble. Okay. It was the Canada division that they made it to the final. I'm glad you said because I've been walking around thinking that they that was the year they made the cup was the year they topped the Sabres by one point. Yeah. They I will say though, they weren't twenty fourth. They were eighteenth. Yeah. They weren't they were much. They weren't much better. But since the Sabers' last playoff appearance, Montreal has made a postseason, played in those games. I think seven times. Yeah, which is that's that's a one, lot. Two, three, four, five, six times. That's a lot. Yeah. Jeremy and Joe, good morning. So I just uh, we just went through the Skinner Thompson Tuck line stats that they've gone from forty two goals last year in almost six hundred minutes to seven goals this year in one hundred and seventy six minutes. Want to guess it? Who the who has the most goals at five on five for a Sabers line this year? I just want to guess that it includes Paterka. It does include Paterka. Okay, I'll, I'll keep the line that has scored the most goals. Paterka for the Sabers. Benson this year. Cousins. No, they've only scored actually three. Okay, I, I just year. don't know who the other two. I know it's Paterka, not Quinn. He hasn't played enough. It's Paterka, Cousins, and Jack Quinn. Okay. Wow. How long did Jack Quinn play? Two weeks. <laughs> it felt like and 17 he, games. And think. that line is that he's a part of the line that has scored the most goals as a liar. You know, on Paterka. It's amazing. Is, you know, we do this more often when the team is good. Like, who do you love to watch? Is Paterka the most fun Sabre to watch? Is Paterka? Yes. I don't yeah. want to. He's go, overtaken Tage for that. I don't want to say, is he the best player they have? Well, he's definitely not that. He's definitely not that. He is definitely fantastic. Yeah. This is, if we're doing silver linings on things that have come out of this year for the Sabres that are good, maybe, you know, maybe if you look at Ryan Johnson, you think that, Lucan in no doubt. But man, Paterka is right at the top of the list for me. Paterka is a guy that is worth going to watch nightly. You're going to get everything you, you need. The other night against, in the game they lost to Anaheim, I, I guess you might want more finish. Against Anaheim, he in the first period, he should have three goals. Like He's a player that consistently generates buzz and scoring chances for them. I, this year, he's been my favorite player to watch, Paterka. He's and, got a little of that, uh, I, I'll, I'll say it, 
Does he not have a little of that uh, Max Finneganoff uh, element of he just grabs the puck and, and he's just going a million miles an hour right. and it's something something's going to happen? Uh, sure, I get a parallel there. Just a little bit on that level. Yeah, he's fast and he can he can skate and he can and he's just going. Yeah, every time he's got it, he's just going. He's fun to watch. Yeah, no, he's. I mean, what's he going to end up with? 25, 30 goals? He might get to 30 goals. He needs 11 goals in 25 games. He need to heat up a little bit here, but he's he's had stretches like that this season. And he, and gets, he gets to 25. What's his next contract look like? How do the, the Sabres lock up another? I, I don't know. Like Again, like they just keep paying everybody? Right, this is where the middle set conversation comes again. You're going to pay him? I mean, Paterka's only 22. Might feel more... To make a distinction there, he's three years younger than Middlestat, four years younger than Middlestat. Like, I guess that would be... I think They're not going to pay both those guys, are they? Uh, who knows? I just... I don't know what the plan is with that, where you have all these guys that are... Yep, they're doing exactly what you want. Yeah, the re- you wanted Paterka to take a step, and there's no reason... There's nothing he's doing that would make you not want to pay him. It's just the group overall, like... It feels to me like the group doesn't deserve another contract extension. <laughs> the group doesn't. Well, Paterka doesn't need one. He's under contract next year as well, real cheap. But the extension after that, you know, you'll see if you get two 25-goal seasons. The most interesting question, I think, about the Sabres and their next contract has now become Lukanen. Lukanen is an RFA. He is 24 years old. He's having a tremendous year. He has developed into a serviceable goaltender, if not a very good goaltender. And the question is, if he plays at this level full-time, that's a number one goalie. And when this this is the toughest part of this, ready? You ready to put your, if you want to say, analytics or your process to the test? What have the Sabres done every time a young player has shown them, I'm good, and you can count on this? They have locked that dude up for seven years or eight years. Mm-hmm. Thompson, Cousins, Samuelson, of course, Dahlin, who had done it for longer than those guys had. But if the Sabres think Lukanen has become this, then the contract, won't they be hunting for a bargain? Every time they sign these big, long deals, Samuelson's a great example. Samuelson's $4 million. Mm-hmm. At some point, they think that will be a good bargain for him because defensemen that play in that many minutes, blah, 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 and the cap going up, blah, 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 all that stuff. Him locked in at that money, that doesn't look like a bargain right now so much as it looks like, okay, you know he's on your team. Mm-hmm. What's the number for Lukanen? I, I, I don't even want to flirt with goalie contracts anymore. I have no idea how to do them. <laughs> how would you how would you watch this run from Lukanen and decide, yeah, that's worth six years? Is it worth three? Is it the Sabres have in their goaltending efforts gone bargain hunting with Carter Huttons and Eric Comrie and Lukanen's playing like it's he, he's he's good enough to commit money and term to, but you just might want to wait on that because it's a goalie. It's, it, it strikes me, Joe, as different than forward and defense. It. It is. What does it matter what they project still from Levi? Like, do they want to pay him even if he's earned it? Do they want to give him a seven year contract when they still think that Levi's going to be their number one goaltender someday? Do they still think that? If you grow a number one goalie, this this was the conversation about Hellebuck. Like, you can't bring Hellebuck in in front of. Uh, Levi, Levi yeah. or UC Saros. If you bring in a number one ahead of Levi, if you grow one in front of him, well, all right. You don't owe anything to Devin Levi. If Lukanen is a true number one, and let's say he's a he's the tenth best goalie in the league, are you slow playing that on the belief that Devin Levi is going to develop into somebody above that? Because that does not seem like a good gamble. 
I mean, he, by the way, he is number one in the AHL now in save percentage on the season. Good. Um, and I've pointed out, like, his numbers this year are not that bad for, like, goals saved above expected. Like, he's about league average when he played. So I don't know how much of it, but this, this, this counts, though, I guess. How much of Levi being down there in the first place is that Lukanen has played like this? Most of it. Because otherwise, Levi would be up here, I think, on his own merit. Um, I, I guess I think more about, though, like, roster flexibility more than I think about you owe it to Levi. It's if you think, hey, look, he's the best goalie in the AHL since he's been down there. His smart numbers are actually about average when he played in the NHL this year, and he's 22. So, all right, I still this is still on track. This is still going well. That's a very... That's a good season from a 22-year-old yep. goalie prospect. That's a better development season than Lukanen ever had yep. leading up to this year. So we still think that's going to happen. And maybe it's just going to take longer. It's not going to happen this year. What if it takes two, three years? Then, okay, well, now we feel more comfortable with Lukanen, but if you still think you're going to get to Levi eventually, why, I guess, lock Lukanen for seven years? I wouldn't do that at all. Like, to me, that's just... I, I don't I don't uh, think that makes a lot of sense. But three, four, he's twenty eight. That I think can yeah. yeah. But that that does get to like you could have in the first that you're kind of lucky that Lukanen showed up and had this season. Oh, if Lukanen isn't having the season, they're they're in the bottom five. They're right, in the bottom five. They're, and bo- we, they're probably in the bottom three. And the whole year would have been about that you didn't pay a goalie. Yeah, you didn't bring in a goalie. Anyone, somebody to come in and you've needed it for years. And Lukanen bailed you out by having the season that he's having. When I I only want to give them so much credit for it, as I mentioned earlier in the week, like they kept him around and they deserve credit for that, not giving up on him in totality. But he was nowhere to be found at the end of last season. They yep. were not playing him. They were playing Comrie over him. And then this year to start the year, they went Levi the first four, Comrie the next two. They didn't even get to trying Lukanen this season until the seventh game of the season. So goalies, man, right? It's yeah, vo- it's weird. It's, it's voodoo with goalies, which so, is why I don't want to go nuts in just expecting him to be oh great number one next sure. year, even two, because but, there are a lot of goalies in the league that will even have Vesna level seasons, and then the next year they're like bot like one of the worst five goalies in the league. Yep, it happens a lot. I, that's my number one question to the Sabers, and I ask this to Granado: How many games until you decide that this is who Lukanen is? And it's I mean, not Granado indicated number. that he might be already getting there. And then I asked Chad D. Diminisis, expected Buffalo, I asked him yesterday, he said this time next year. If Luke had instilled this this time next year, I like that answer. That, that, yep. then he's real. Yeah. Nick Suzuki of, of Montreal, after their game last night, said, quote, of the Sabres, they're a good team. they got a lot of good players. I think their spot in the standings doesn't really say what kind of team they are. That's Suzuki on the Sabres. Now, in postgame, crediting a team that beat you as being better than people think, mm-hmm. that's something the Sabres might do if they lost to Anaheim, right? Like, a bad team loses to a bad team. You have to say that mm-hmm. the other bad team is a good team. However, one of the themes of yesterday was when Chad Dinaminis came on, he is a piece up at expected Buffalo. It's not as bad as it seems. Like, the Sabres, in the standings, it's ugly. But if you, you know, cut down the tree and count the rings and take a look at it, or you take a look at the autopsy... There's there's an indication you what you have is not that bad that they shouldn't be having this bad of a season. It's it's no doubt a bad season. Mm-hmm. But Chad's whole point is like you could still probably believe in the core. They have to fix the power play and, you know, get some of their scoring touch back, which 
think you should get some of it back and maybe move on from some of their older guys and allow young players to come in. Basically, his take was the Sabres should not overreact. It's not as bad as it seems. And for what it's worth, here's Nick Suzuki to say something similar. I might chalk that up to you lost to a bad team at home and you've got to give them credit. But hey, pretty much. 803-0550 up against the break. One eight 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 five fifty two five fifty. Josh grabbed something from Granado. He he's teased it for us. Something he thought was interesting from Granado last night. We'll play that when we return. Sabers beat the Canadiens three to two. Alex Tuck, a short-handed goal, is uh, the game winner. Jeremy and Joe on WGR. You get on the road, you're just with your team. They're together all day long, and I think that does help. I think that helps their focus. I think it helps bring them in and dial in to a game. I mean, you know, we leave yesterday, and you, they know you're preparing for a game. Obviously, at home, there's so many other things going on for you, and everybody's separate. So I, I do like us on the road. I mean, we, we certainly look at it, we talk about it, but I, but I think that's the big one. I think you see the guys are spending the whole day together on the road, and, and you know you're preparing for a game the whole day, the day before on these trips. So it's just a different dynamic. Sabres head coach Don Granato, the Sabres are much better on the road than they are at home, especially of late. In this calendar year, yeah. 2024, they are 6-1 and one on the road and 4-7 and seven at home. Yeah. That's going to have to change. They can't just be bad at home every year. <laughs> like that, That's not, that's not going to work. It's not good. No, it's, it's difficult. Um, you know, is there anything they can take from their road games and routines than they implement at home? Nah. I don't know. I don't know. I think more about just, you know, more of a conversation about the atmosphere in the building and just all of it. If it's just a never-ending cycle, chicken and egg, whatever. Just they play well in other barns because it feels like the NHL. <laughs> that might be right. But I, I just don't want to have even an instant of blaming the fans. No, like, right. No, no not, not, that. Not, not that you are. Yeah, no. Not that you are. No no version of, well, what can fans do better? Fans have filled that building many times this year, and I think some of their biggest environments and biggest atmospheres that would have been the most NHL feel, they have laid eggs. Yep. 8030550, good morning. Happy Thursday. This day in history, you know, good topic on this. This day in history might be an event that brings is it your hottest take it might be my hottest take yeah it's possible i thought eli manning was horrible is that hotter eh. as a for a career this might be this is hotter no never mind this is yeah if i'm if we're on the right if we're on the same wavelength here i think this, what you're about to say is my hottest take we gotta think about what my hottest take is currently do you know what it might be? What is it? What's my hottest take right now? Well, you know what? Let's get a break and get oh, on the absolutely episode. hot over medium wings. Hundred <laughs> percent, a literal hot take. Yeah, eight hundred three hundred five fifty. This day in history, the genesis of Joe's hottest take. Josh, you can, you, what's yours? Do you have one? I used to have to explain what a hot take is to Howard. In fact, you know what? I will take my hottest take, and I will even expand it further. Oh, all right. I will double down. I will triple down on oh, this man. hot take. We're going to get so many clicks for engagement off this. It's going to be awesome. 803-0550. We'll have a little fun with that. This day in history. Do you remember what it was? February 22nd. Iconic day. Iconic event. Whatever. If you were alive, even if you weren't, even if you weren't paying attention, you'll know the highlight.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.